Hey, what is up, Conroe? This is Rick TRC. You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 on KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good afternoon and welcome to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony Lynn Collins and Cheryl Ellsworth-Jahani. We are two Texas licensed attorneys and we are here on 106.5 and 104.1 Conroe's FM every Tuesday from 12 to 1 p.m. And uh, the reason that we're here is a public service to our listeners to answer your legal questions or maybe things you haven't even thought about that you might find yourself in a situation a couple of years from now. I know that you can watch us live on Facebook, but I think you can also access our videos. Is that true, Dick? Can they watch us on YouTube? Yes, you can. You have a YouTube channel called The Legal Connection Show, Mm -hmm. and people can subscribe. We usually try to get the video up within 24 hours of the live broadcast. We always always live broadcast the show on Facebook Live on Mm -hmm. your show. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, FM 104.5, 106.1. And if you're a podcast listener on iTunes and Google Play uh, and other formats, you can just look up the Legal Connection Show and subscribe. We try to get that up, too, within 24 hours after the live broadcast. So Okay. All right. So that's another way to listen. And then you can watch the videos, too, on YouTube. Uh, So every week we talk about different legal topics that we think – and no, would be of an interest to you. Tony and I also practice law here in uh, Texas. I, I think I've been in a lot of counties. I've been in Tarrant County. I've been in Travis County, Waller County, Liberty County, uh, all over the place. But And Tony as well, all over the state, but primarily here in Harris and Montgomery County. Today we are going to be talking about what to do when someone dies, probates and wills. And... Um, So, you know, I don't know if you know this or not. I know that it's not something that is common knowledge. You know, usually when someone dies, you're just kind of overwhelmed and don't know what to do. But this is according to Consumer Reports. It's a little uh, checklist of what to do, and I think it's appropriate. Uh, Immediately, you get a legal pronouncement of death. If no doctor is present, you'll need to contact someone to do this. You can't do this on your own. If the person dies at home under hospice care, call the hospice nurse. They know how to do this. They deal with this all the time. And they will uh, declare the death and help facilitate the transport of the body. If the person dies at home without hospice care, call 911. And have in hand a do not resuscitate document if it exists. Without one, paramedics will generally start an emergency resuscitation really need to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine if I was if I was I was in that spot and something was happening and somebody's waiting for me to die and they've got a do not resuscitate order right there. Mm-hmm. No, I I the kind of person I'd want to be resuscitated. Yeah. And I would hope that somebody wouldn't have a phony one there, but anyway, I was just thinking about <laughs> I just did in a state that had a, a do not uh, resuscitate order uh, and because it was, it was in hospice. No. Oh. It, no, but you know what? I think it was phony because uh, I, this woman had said a number of times in other documents, of course, I was, I was doing the estate, so I saw it after she died. But when we got all the medical records she had in there, because we got the certified copies from her different physicians, um, she wanted to be resuscitated. Mm. She wasn't that old. And then suddenly when one of the uh, family members that was kind of thinking maybe she, they wanted to capitalize on her estate, mm-hmm. they sort of came in and were manipulating her. And then all of a sudden there was this no resuscitate order. And so I don't think it was legitimate. I think she was manipulating to signing something she didn't know she was going to sign. That's why I say, you know, you may have it ready if somebody's actually dying, but uh, I wouldn't rely on that. <laughs> I would say an immediate resuscitation like, you know, uh, CPR would right. be in order if in doubt. If there is not a do not, res- do not resuscitate, paramedics generally start, okay, I told you that, mm-hmm. um, if no paramedics are called, then you take the person to the hospital right. so a doctor can. Right, wait, the things that are pretty common death. sense, Boy uh-huh. Scout stuff. If mm-hmm. someone has died, are, but you know, it's the circumstances are always so different in every situation. We're talking about the the, the kind of death that you pray for, the peaceful one where right. somebody uh, is you know d- dying, uh, whether it be through old age or whatever. 
But it's going to be completely different if it's an emergency situation. Somebody's got hit by a car or, or they're young or yeah, something. Uh, yeah. So, but this is just in a, a standard situation where someone has died or maybe you walked in on someone that has died, somebody that's old and they've fallen. And, right. you know, you read about that in the paper a lot yeah. where you're really surprised by it. So these are the, this is like a little uh, a bullet list of don't panic. Uh, what do I do next? Mm-hmm. If in doubt, though, always just call 911, mm-hmm. and they can give you the same list that's, of things that's to true. do. Mm-hmm. You, you arrange, then you arrange for transportation of the body. Mm-hmm. If no autopsy is needed, the body can be picked up by a mortuary, and by law, the mortuary must provide a price a price info over the phone for uh, the transportation. Uh-huh. Huh. Interesting. Or a crematorium or the... Uh, I think the place that you uh, have decided to have them buried, you mm-hmm. know, they'll, they can arrange for transportation right. of the body mm-hmm. too. You notify the person's doctor or the county coroner. Then you notify close family and friends and ask people to contact other people. You, if you're the one who walked in and found your grandmother or your grandfather or mm-hmm. your husband. I think a lot of people have been through this and you sort of almost innately know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that a doctor would be the first person I would call if I knew that there was some chance that they could. Well, I knew if there's some things they could survive, 911 would be the first call. And then, but probably the next call would be family members before the think, doctor. I would think <laughs> but so. But this list, Consumer Reports, says call the doctor right, first. Right, right. So. So, and then you then you think about handling care of dependents and pets, mm-hmm. whoever they are. Very important because you know that person may have dogs or right. cats, birds, birds. fish, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. fish. <laughs> like, like Tony, how many parakeets do you have now? I, I have. I'm pretty sure. I thought I had ten, but last time I counted. It looked like I only had nine, and I keep them outside on the patio, which oh, is now. And okay. one actually flew out, so hopefully one didn't get out, uh, and, and now I have fewer. Mm-hmm. Free at last. But mm-hmm. um, uh, I keep, I actually, one came out. Uh, one got out when I was putting water in there, those little devils, mm-hmm. and um, that uh, I got it. It it, it, got, it was staying in the porch. The porch is not enclosed, and mm-hmm. I was somehow able to catch that bird before it got away and get wow. it back in there again. Wow. I was really surprised. But, um, but yeah, I, I did have three birds, and then they started multiplying. Mm-hmm. They laying eggs, and suddenly I have, you know, 9, 10, 12, however many I had. And, and they're so pretty. Thank you. Okay, so, and if the person is working, if they have an employer, remember to call the employer. Right. Um, ask whether there was life insur- uh, life insurance policy through the company. Mm-hmm. That's what you do immediately. Within a few days after death, you arrange for a funeral and burial or cremation. Mm -hmm. You search the person's documents to find out whether there was a prepaid burial plan. Mm -hmm. Might be good to talk about this before the person passes away. Ask a friend or family member to go with you to the mortuary. Prepare an obituary. Mm -hmm. If the person was in the military or belonged to a fraternal or religious group, contact that organization. It may have burial benefits or conduct funeral services. Right. And then you ask a friend or relative to keep an eye on the person's home, answer the phone, collect the mail, throw out food, water plants. You do the basic things. And I will say this, uh, and this is uh, always, from as an, from a, a legal standpoint, I've always wanted to sort of put my my clients on sort of a, a notice, maybe not in the, a good way, but family members, when someone dies, get crazy because they're like, it's like free for all. It's like you walk around. You, somebody, it's like a wallet's laying on the sidewalk. It's like suddenly, uh, possession's ninety percent of the law, and they start taking things. Yeah, that's and so, so true. who is the one that's going to manage the house and the estate after someone's died? Who's the, the the gatekeeper, so to speak, if there's not a will? Who's the gatekeeper if there is a will but you haven't found it yet? Mm-hmm. What if the will was manipulated by the very person that may be responsible for the death? I mean, a lot of bad things happen. They so, do. um. So the first thing um, I would say is you want to, uh, when someone dies, of course, you want to make sure the body's taken care of. And, uh, you know, you call the doctor, physician, the uh, immediate taking care of that person, Mm -hmm. whether it be spiritually or, you know, that's the first thing I'm thinking is you want to call their church and make sure, because churches do this all the time, uh, get an advisor from the church Mm -hmm. and ask them what steps would be appropriate because through their faith and spirituality, the church is probably going to know best since that's, you know, going to be the, the next step. That's like your, your railroad station. That's the next step. You're, you're visiting the church to find out what their, their, um, uh, the desires for it to, to be done after their death are. Um, but you also want to secure the house. Um, and if you're a step, a step uh, parent, uh, a second spouse, 
Uh, there may be discord in the family. No kidding. Uh, you want to make so sure, true. particularly if um, if you're the second, uh, third, fourth, whatever spouse it may mm-hmm. be, mm-hmm. Um, and the kids don't like you, throughout, mm-hmm. then you and and they, let's say they're they're young, mm-hmm. that, or maybe a brother and sister don't like you. You need to get over there, particularly if it's your homestead, and lock those doors and change the locks because you don't know who's going to come in there and start getting crazy because there's no one to protect you anymore if the spouse that died was the one you're beloved, but you weren't beloved by the rest of the group. So get in there and uh, make sure that you change the locks and you sort of get some control over the situation. Now, let's say it's not uh, crazy, you know, um, a free-for-all. Then you probably don't have to change the locks. You probably have some control over it. But you do want to look for the will the very first thing and uh, after you've taken care of the immediate needs and see who has appointed the executor Mm -hmm. and also find out if the will is legitimate Mm -hmm. because there may be that there's several wills and the one you found is not the the one that that is uh currently the uh, the last one the one that's effective Mm -hmm. so um so find out that's but somebody's got to be in charge everybody wants to be in charge a lot of times in these families right um but one person should be uh the one that's administering it and the will is going to direct that because that will be the last wishes that were established by the person that died Right. And then start making sure you're doing an, almost an inventory immediately if you haven't done it before mm-hmm. that person died. Mm-hmm. And so, you know what this Consumer Reports thing says, up to 10 days after death, obtain death certificates, usually from the funeral home, get multiple copies. You'll need them mm-hmm. for financial institutions, government agencies, and insurers. You send all of these out. To you show it to the bank. Or well, you- if they ask for them, you know, when I've gotten these letters testamentary and, you know, the different, uh, the certified death certificates and what have you, um, the banks know each institution is going to have their own rules on top of what your attorney may tell you. But they're generally kind of the same. And if you get your, um, pretty quick after someone dies, you can go in there and probate the will and get your letters testamentary or are the, the 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 certified death certificate to show that you have some authority over whatever it is you're looking for. And so, um, for an example, if you go, if there's a payable on death account at a bank mm-hmm. and you're the beneficiary mm-hmm. of it, the bank is going to have certain things that <clears throat> they require that you you fill out to prove who you are and uh, that the death actually occurred. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, so the bank's going to be able to tell you better. But have it ready immediately because I just did an estate um, administration where two beneficiaries were named in the payable on death account. And the way Texas law works is different from other states. One brother, the one that wanted to be the executor but wasn't, the one that was manipulating everything, that was mm-hmm. around getting the will changed at the last minute mm-hmm. and, and, and being just uh, not a very nice person, um, he went to the bank immediately and showed the death certificate and said he was in charge and you know, the bank didn't know any different. They had seen both brothers before. They were a little bit older. And he withdrew all the funds from the payable on death account. All the funds? All the funds. And in, in Texas, and you can look at the, the con. usually the banks have contracts when the person that died set it up. And usually the person that's the in, person inheriting doesn't see it. Right. Because if there's a payable on death account, you didn't set the contract that's up. That's right. And so if you look at the fine print, and if you look at Texas law, um, the per, only one of the beneficiaries can go in and take all the funds out. And that's what happened in this case. There was two beneficiaries. They split a $100,000 CD. One brother went in and took the entire 100000 leaving the other brother out in the cold. Yes, legally, and we got a, we got a, a, a summary judgment on this, legally, the, the brother that didn't get the money but was entitled to it, uh, we got an order saying he's entitled to it. But try to get that thing paid off if they've already spent the money. No kidding. You basically have a piece of paper that's a judgment and you have to go after it. Mm-hmm. So if somebody dies and you believe that there's a payable on death account or there's money in a bank, uh, it shouldn't be a race to the bank with a death certificate. But in this particular instance, one that I'm working on right now, that is exactly what happened. So sort of be aware of what's going on. And you, you may not want to believe that your brother right. or your sibling mm-hmm. or uh, a relative is that nasty about money, but the love of money is the root of all evil, and that's exactly what happened here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you um, get the death certificates, you know, for the agencies. You take the will to the appropriate county or city office to have it accepted for probate. Mm-hmm. And I think we're going to talk a little bit more about this. And mm-hmm. Tony and I are going to be guests on the show following Veterans mm-hmm. Air, and we're going to answer some probate questions as well. And I want to back up real quick because I wasn't really clear in this last situation about the bank. Um, the Texas statute says that both parties that are payable on a death, um, 
uh, whoever the payable on death is, you, you follow the contract then. And usually the contract, if it, if it doesn't say the percentages, it'll be equally split amongst the beneficiaries. Right. right? And it kind of sets it out for you. But the actual, the statutes say that you're going to own it, you know, what a pro, uh, you're, the statute will set out what the split is. The split is going to be, if it doesn't say in the contract, an equal split amongst the beneficiaries. Mm-hmm. The contract of the bank, though, um, if it doesn't say that um, specifically who is the one that gets it out, the bank can legally give it to the 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 one just one beneficiary. The only person who and showed up. And we sued up. the bank. We sued a big bank over this. And, and what happened? And the bank um, basically. There was it was it would be a, a case of first impression if we'd gone up on appeal for it because while it's not rights, the bank should be able to say, I'm just gonna give it to this one instead of this one. What the bank should have done was gotten notified all the beneficiaries I've got this money. Well, and, right. And we want you all to come and sign off on but it. But they're they're they, not liable. In Texas, they didn't have to do it. There wasn't any liability. If one comes and takes it out, you're fighting with your brothers like the Wild West on your own. Mm. So I'm just saying that you could go to the contract of the bank, but be very careful about when, when money's involved. Uh, and again, after someone dies, someone will go into the house. A lot of people will go in the house because you don't know what the deceased had, and they start taking jewelry. They will yeah, hide yeah. things. Pictures. They mm-hmm. take pictures. They mm-hmm. take things that, oh, mom said I could have that. And they take it if there's no one there to prevent it. So it can get pretty nasty. It you, sure can. And rather than try to take this into your own hands with a, you know, uh, uh, like people do in Texas particularly, and fight about it. Um, you want to probably get um, an attorney or somebody with some authority, maybe in the family, but a third reasonable person involved to be there. If nothing else, get your phone out and videotape it so that um, you've got that evidence to support that you're being reasonable, this other person wasn't, because things can get, like your life could be in danger. That's how, you know, Cain and Abel, it gets that serious. Yeah. Okay, Tony. Well, listen, we're going to take a quick break. Tony and I are here today, and we're talking about what to do when someone dies and probates and wills, and uh, we'll be right back after the break. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. What is homelessness? Have you seen parents struggle to find a job without having transportation or childcare? What about the children sleeping in cars with nothing to eat? Families shouldn't have to struggle to survive, and children should not be homeless. Family Promise of Montgomery County serves the needs of homeless families and their children. Learn about ways you can help learn about partnership opportunities at www.familypromiseofmc.org or call our day center at 936-441-8778. A Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internship opportunities, a Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to grab the mic and be on the air. The Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world all year round. Be an on-air personality, talk show producer, or YouTube TV podcast editor. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about what ha- what do you do when someone dies, what steps do you take, and, and probate, and wills. Um, Tony, the next thing you do, or I already said this, but just to segue back in, you take the will when you find it. Hopefully you know where it is. Mm-hmm. But you take the will to the appropriate county or city office to have it accepted for probate. That's, right. that's called probating the will is you take it the appropriate county or city office. Well, you take it, but you don't actually take it. You file it with the appropriate court. Um, if you but now that that kind of goes back to another thing that we talked about on one of our previous shows. If you have a will, and let's say you're really old, or maybe you don't have close family here in the United States or in this county, 
um, then you can actually file the will with the county clerk or the district clerk, and they hold it for you. It's of record. The certified original will, uh, a lot of attorneys will hold wills. Uh, but what happens if the attorney dies? Whatever happens if the attorney, you, no one knows which attorney. There's a bunch of different ones. And so, um, and I forgot that what the name of it was, but you can actually file the certified will in the appropriate county. It's usually the county where their uh, primary residence is. And then that will can be used because it's a it's an official document to uh, to get a certified copy and then present it and file a probate with the proper court. Now, um, in Harris County, there's probate courts. So if the person dies or lives... But there's not one in Montgomery County, there's right? There's not. And so mm -hmm. you file it with the county clerk. Mm -hmm. And um, like I've done a, several probates over here in, um, I guess it's uh, Montgomery County Court 1. Mm -hmm. it, I, I think all of them do it, but I just haven't been ending up in the same one. Uh, it's a fairly simple process, but you have to follow the rules or it will be dismissed before it's it's done. And um, so you file the probate, you have to do, and you can do this on your own. You don't need an attorney to do it. Um, I had a guy that I was working with who wanted me actually to help him with um, with an eviction, but it ended up that when I got to talking to him that it wasn't just an eviction. He His mother had um, had entered a, a lease agreement with a tenant who had like seven kids. Mm -hmm. And the lease agreement actually had uh, some terms that appeared to make it a contract for deed, okay? Oh, but But the mom had died shortly after she entered this agreement, and the tenant um, never paid anything. They may have paid just a few of the notes, but it was not many, maybe a year, year and a half worth of the rent. Mm -hmm. But the rent was significantly lower than it should have been. The mom was really old and just was just being nice. Mm -hmm. um, she was supposed to pay the taxes. She was supposed to keep it up. She was supposed the to keep it insured. The tenant or the mom? The tenant was oh, yeah? because she was going to buy it. Right. Okay. But the tenant, after the mom died, like a lot of people do when someone dies and they've mm -hmm. got a contract, decided, I'm not going to pay this anymore. Mm -hmm. She didn't pay any more rent. She didn't pay the insurance. She didn't pay the taxes. And so what happens? I guess she figured, great, she died, it's mine. Yeah. Well, it could have been the case if she had done a, a life estate in the in a deed saying, if I die, it's yours, you don't have to pay anymore. Mm -hmm. But that's not what she did. And then if, even if that is the way that the contract was supposed to read, that would have had to have been notarized. And that, because, of course, the heirs were going to contest something like that because they wouldn't have believed it was real. Was mom, you know, manipulated into doing this? Mm -hmm. Was there fraud involved when this contract was entered? And so this gal got this piece of property and... Um, when uh, the mom died, uh, the the son had come to me on a different issue, tried to just evict her. And uh, this gal had gone to all the, she was really, really good about using all the free legal services mm -hmm. because she was a grifter. Mm -hmm. And um, all they would all come to her aid. And she's terrible. She got her kids taken away from her and all this. I mean, she was just not a very nice person. Mm -hmm. And all these boyfriends and stuff living with her while the kids were there. It was just a mess. And I found this out because I was looking at the other cases and she had her own siblings saying, you need to get the CPS involved and get these kids away from her. She is, they should not be around her. And she just kept having more and more kids. All right, bottom line is uh, the, the guy came to me. I said, you need to get your mom's will probated. And he didn't because he thought it was going to be too expensive for what he had. It ended up that she had quite a few parcels of land. Mm -hmm. And she had been married several times. And this guy that became my client was the, uh, the, the devisee or the heir of the, the uh, number of tracts of land that would have gone many, many what different ways had he not probated the will. So I took a look at the will. It wasn't um, self-authenticating. Oh, I take that back. The will was self-authenticating, which was perfect mm -hmm. because I didn't have to find the witnesses to prove it up. So, so self-authenticating for our listeners means that it was signed in the presence of a notary at the time with the person who drew up uh, the will, whose uh -huh. will it and was. And the witnesses were there also. And the uh -huh. witnesses were there, and it was, and then the notary signed off on it. If it's self-authenticating, then you don't have to go through the business of proving that the will is authentic right. in court. If it's not self-authenticating or it's not properly self-authenticated, mm -hmm. then you have to find, if it's, if it's not a handwritten will, which is a holographic will, mm -hmm. you don't need any witnesses for that, um, then you have to find the witnesses yeah. to pr at least one witness. To the witnesses who signed the will to prove up that they remember and try finding a witness yeah. forty years after a will was made. Well, I did it, but it was hard. Yeah. Um, but if, it, if it's a handwritten will, 
there's only a question about whether the handwriting is accurate or not for the will to be probated. But mm-hmm. it's because let's say that someone didn't like what was written on that piece right. of toilet paper before someone died. Mm-hmm. You know, like Elvis wrote out his will mm-hmm. <laughs> on toilet paper before he fell over. I give everything to Lisa Marie. Uh-huh. Well, if, and Elvis probably had a ton of other wills. But let's say, or he gave everything to Colonel Parker, and Colonel Parker is the one that found him. Well, that doesn't right. sound sounds like there's a little hanky-panky going on there to uh-huh. me. So, um, but... There's a, in order for, you can always have a will contest, but uh, in, in the, the case that we're, I'm talking about now, we had, a lawyer had drawn it up here in the Montgomery County area, and it was a very, very good attorney. He did it the proper way. It was self-authenticating. When my client gave me a copy of the will, it was the original, I was jumping for joy because I'm like, this is great. You've given me everything I need. And it was almost the four-year mark, and you have to probate these wills within four years or else you're going to have to go ask for the court's permission and explain why you didn't because it's th- then it's going to go without. You're, you're going to have to go forward as though a, there, a will didn't exist. Okay, so what he did, and we, we went to the county court. We had it filed of record with the, um, you know, you have to do like a little civil process sheet. It's a civil uh, type of case. You go and you file it. And then the next step is a pretty easy next step. Uh, After you do everything properly in filing it to get it probated, you go to the court, you go before the judge who asks you a number, a series of questions just as a formality to ask, you know, is he the people, is the probate, did she die, when she die, was this county, you know, and you can pretty much, an attorney can help you, but you could practically Google these, these prove up questions for the will to prove the will is authentic. The judge will take a look at it, and then she'll say, okay, I probated the will. But you're not done. After the judge, you know, takes your gavel, and I say her because the judges I've been before have been all women here mm-hmm. for some reason in Montgomery County in the last couple of years. Um, the, uh, she'll, uh, she'll say, okay, uh, she'll hand it over to her clerk, and, uh, and it, usually they do all the wills on the same day, so you'll get to watch it. If, you, if, if you're afraid and you don't have an attorney involved, you can ask to be put at the end and then watch what they're saying up in front, you know, to the judge, so you won't be afraid and you'll have everything prepared. In case you see somebody else's turned down, you can see the same mistake that you made and then come back again, all right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you go up there, and at that point, on that very day, you will get your letters testamentary, mm-hmm. which are the the actual documents that you need to present to a, a bank or a mortgage company or or whoever, all the authorities to act in the steed of the deceased person mm-hmm. as the uh, uh, the independent executor of their estate. And that's usually what you need when you go to a bank or you go to withdraw funds. The letters testamentary. Um, or to, even to, to, to take care of the body, you're going to need that because those letters testamentary um, put you in the same steed as the person that died. Mm-hmm. Um, now, those things expire. Uh, well, they don't actually expire, but sometimes banks and different institutions say this is too old, it's over six months old, it's over a year old. You can actually just online through e-file request additional updated letters testamentary and then go forward because sometimes the states draw out for years. So, so from the court that actually issued the in, initial letters, mm-hmm. you can just request updated letters? Yeah, and, and you don't even have to go through the court to do it. The clerk will do it for no, you. It's sort of an good. administrative thing. So it, mm-hmm. it moves real fast, and everything's done e-file these days. I it know. comes right. You don't even have to come down to the courthouse. You request it. Now, I'm making this sound a little easier than it is. You may need to contact us or get some guidance from an attorney. Maybe one, if you don't want to hire an attorney to uh, get some legal counsel to make sure you do it right. Because if you don't, you'll just be up against the wall. You'll keep getting turned down. But it, it hasn't Keep getting been, turned down by who? The clerk will say you didn't fill it out right, or oh. I need more money for this, or, you know, you didn't pay the right fees, or you're not the right... It, you may hit a wall, but I, you know, I don't do just state work, but I haven't found... The, the, the clerks in Montgomery County and in Harris County and Walker County and all the ones yeah, I've done work nice. with, they seem to be very helpful. Yeah. And if you're a little, if they see that you're struggling, they'll usually give you a little guidance. They're mm-hmm. very, very nice about things like this, particularly because a loved one's died. Mm-hmm. And um, so if you don't have a will contest, like I'm, I handle those, of course, you probably need an attorney if you have a will contest. Mm-hmm. You don't believe that these were actually the wishes of the person that was that that died. Oh, absolutely. Um, then that it made an it, attorney without a will contest, though the the probate usually goes pretty quick. If after you get in you get your letters testamentary, you've got to do an inventory. It's got to and you have to file it with the court. It's got uh-huh. to be verified. And um, once you do that, uh, you will and you've paid all the debtors. You put the notice. The court will make sure that you follow the proper guidelines that are set out in the estates code. Uh, once you've d- got jumped through all the hoops. And it sounds like there's a lot, but 
you know, there, there may be like six different things you have to do. A person really can do this without an attorney, okay? Mm-hmm. But it's involved. But they uh, it, can it's do involved, it. um, but it's not it's not un, insurmountable without an attorney. If you need a little guidance, you can call us or you can contact the state bar. They have a help desk there too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you're a state, when the when the when you finish doing the inventory and all there, everybody's been notified and the creditors have been paid and we, you know follow the will rules and all that stuff or whatever the desires were that were set out properly in the will, um, then the the county court will uh, close the case. And it's closed. Um, and then the last things to do are making sure that uh, the deeds uh, for the real property or the personal property has been disposed of per the desires of the person that died. Mm-hmm. And that's usually the responsibility of the um, independent administrator. Now, I want to add one other thing. If the will doesn't provide for an independent administrator or, or doesn't say that you can do this without bond, you can actually petition the court um, and ask them. And I, when I say petition, again, it's another thing you need to file to get it before the court. Before you can talk to a judge, you've almost always, 99% of the time, you have to petition or move and get a date because the judge doesn't let you just haphazardly walk into their court and ask them something like right. your buddies. Right. Uh, maybe in the olden days you could do that, but you don't do that now. Right. You move or you petition and you get a date so you can approach the judge at the bench very formally. The judges didn't just get there well, I take that back. Some judges just got elected in and, and maybe they don't, they're kind of green and they don't really know like like mm-hmm. AOC, you know, I don't know how she got in the legislature because she didn't look like she has any background at all. Right. But, but a lot of times they're kind of new, but I think they go to judge school. I've talked to a few judges that I knew that got elected in. But for the most part, they, uh, they're seasoned and they know um, what's going on and they've earned their rank and you need to treat them with the utmost respect because the Bible even has passages that say that they wouldn't be a judge if it wasn't God's will. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that's, you know, God appointed judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, you probably know a lot more about the scripture than I do about that. But I know that I read several times that even when I get mad at judges, I'm like, how did they not rule in my favor? This is, the, the law is clearly Clear. in my mm-hmm. favor. They're mm-hmm. at the, all the way up in other courts. The judge has been appointed. And even if you don't agree with them, then you have the opportunity to go to a higher level like we do in all things in life. Um, to petition and appeal to a higher level to show them that they were wrong. But you're not going to do that at court. You're going to be very polite. Right. Absolutely. Okay. So um, anyway, that was kind of a, a, a little, I, I'm kind of speaking off the cuff about how to probate a will. But the other things that I was wanted to go over today, and we've gone over um, them in other uh, shows, but I don't have it in front of me, but I'd like, I think it's, it's good to have like a little refresher for our listeners that you don't have to probate a will if the person that died had a will and their desires are set out in that will. It may not be necessary to go through the expense and the time and the hassle of probating it if their wishes can be fulfilled outside of the will. And uh, that's when you have something like a small estates uh, administration. Mm-hmm. If they uh, have a their property is only worth $50,000 or less and mm-hmm. they only have a homestead, mm-hmm. uh, then you may want to go a different direction and not go through the entire probate. Um, because, you know, it is you do have to have, pay a filing fee. You have to notice them. And, and uh, it's, it's funny. You would think that when someone dies that you'd need to publish, is what they call it, mm-hmm. the death. Right. Like the obituary is the publishing. No, mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not what they mean by publish. Mm-hmm. In fact, when you publish someone's death, you literally... Uh, there, the, the court has certain places in the statute, not the court, the statute set out where you publish it. But for the most part, it goes into this little tiny, you know, uh, 36 pitch, or, you know, teeny tiny little print. And there's a death notice that shows up in a circular of deaths. It's not what you're thinking, like it's published on the courthouse steps or, you know, you, you published it in the Houston Chronicle or on some Facebook site or something. No, it's usually just a notice that maybe banks look at, or it's a notice that some entities look at, but it's not a notice that the common person would look at. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you do have to pay. And that's for, the notice to the creditors? That's, well, it's a notice, it's a death notice, but it's also to notify creditors, beneficiaries, uh, and, and various other people. Mm-hmm. Now, I will also say this. If, um, if the will uh, sets out a certain number of beneficiaries uh, and heirs, those people have to, by statute, be noticed. Mm-hmm. If you're going to go probate the will, um, if you aren't probating the will, though, uh, who's in charge? Who's on first? Right. You don't have to follow those rules anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, a small estate administration has a different set of rules, but you're still going to have to notify the beneficiaries, and it's a legal notice unless you get a waiver from them. 
And uh, the court's going to be watching this to make, but they're not going to administer and and approve the the estate administration unless you do it properly. And, and typically, if you've got a beneficiary, whether it be a small estate administration, an independent or a dependent administration, um, you're, you have to fill out, a, uh, it's just a little, like a one paragraph, it's really simple. Uh, and you, you send it to them certified and you show that they received it certified. The way to get around that, though, if you're all friends, and there are a lot of families where people die and everybody's, in, right. you know, that they're close family. Uh, like, let's, I'm going to use Billy Graham's uh, estate, even though he yeah. probably didn't even have a estate, probably everything in trust, so he could avoid the whole probate thing. But um, you can get a waiver, and then you can file that in the court clerk's file. With the petition? Um, after the fact. Uh, that when something is filed, you're always, it's usually an, like it's got a life of its own. And um, if you want to have an example, you can usually just go into the clerk's record and just you know, pick maybe a neighbor that died or somebody that you've known that died in this particular county. You could put their name in, and generally, if it's new enough, it's digital, and you can actually go into the county, the district clerk or the county clerk or the probate clerk's records in almost any county these days. Everything's online, and you can actually read it. The um, the drawback to that, is, I don't want to say the drawback, but it doesn't work in all counties. Harris County is a pretty open, um, yeah, everything is transparent. That's true. But mm-hmm. in uh, smaller counties, it's not digitized yet, mm-hmm. or they'll actually put in there a confidential. Mm-hmm. And so you can't see everybody's personal stuff. And another thing is if you do it and you don't want it, you have a county like Harris where you don't want people to see your personal business and you put your will together and you say, uh, this is how I want things to do, but I want to keep this confidential. You can actually file it and ask that it be kept private. Mm-hmm. And then it's filed, but it's restricted. Right. So somebody like me just can't go look it up, which I look stuff up all the time mm-hmm. because I want to see who, the background of my witnesses. And, you know, it, it's it's kind of fun being an attorney because mm-hmm. you have you can, to, you're paid to mm-hmm. research uh, people that you're getting ready to depose and what have you. But, but if you want to find an example of how it's done and you, you know that somebody else's um, probate or estate administration went fairly smoothly, you can actually go into any of the county clerk records and look at it. Mm-hmm. Just watch what they did. It's mm-hmm. an ongoing thing until mm-hmm. it's closed. Now, we talked a little bit about uh, probate. Um, uh, if you've got a will, that's when you probate, um, you can have an independent or dependent administration. The independent administration is one where the, the mom or dad died and they said, I want Cheryl to be the independent administrator or executor right. at, without bond, which means you pretty much have control to sell the house and do everything. Mm-hmm. Everyone now defers to you. Mm-hmm. They could also put in there, though, um, I want to have co-independent administrators, and that's a little bit more mm-hmm. difficult because now mm-hmm. you're dealing with maybe your brother, mm-hmm. and you both have to agree, and you both have, both have to sign off on everything. Well, you know, I have a client right now who uh, was appointed the independent executor of his father's will, mm-hmm. but he's got a brother, mm-hmm. and uh, and it gave him total authority to mm-hmm. do everything, but mm-hmm. the brother is complaining constantly and wanting... The brother that's not... That's not the executor. Yeah. And wanting... Half like the Esau value, yeah, <laughs> wanting half the value of everything in the estate because the will specifically says uh, will be distributed. My estate will be distributed to my both my sons in equal right. shares, uh-huh. in equal shares. Mm-hmm. So that means the independent executor can't keep anything according to the other brother. Well, the independent executor t- typically, at least by statute, can be reimbursed for all the work they're having to do if there was quite a bit. But you have to show the court that before you get it. I think it's like 10%, 5 or 10%, which is quite a bit if there's a lot of property involved. So it's kind of a blessing, but may also be a curse, depending on how much people you have to deal with, like the brother that may not be happy. And that is very common that you've got mm-hmm. two to three brothers. Mm-hmm. It's always brothers. I don't know why it's not the women. Maybe we're just, you know, more... <laughs> we, we can split it out better because we're used to making the, you know, splitting the family meal out or whatever it may be. But when the brothers fight, brothers fight and they take it to, you know, what they call fisticuffs or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, but not maybe that far, but it can get there. Mm-hmm. And one brother always feels hurt mm-hmm. that the parent may have established that the other one is the executor. Mm-hmm. And they almost don't want to fight them. Like you're not doing it right. And I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, like, the the devil's advocate and really like the devil. <laughs> no kidding. Well, the brother who's not the executor doesn't want anything. He just wants the money value for it. So it means well, he does want something. Then he wants them to dispose and liquidate the assets to right. get the money. That's yeah. a big deal. It sure is. That's not. I just want this. He's probably right. got a, a dollar amount in his head, mm-hmm. and it may not be worth that. Mm-hmm. And it may be exactly. the brother that's handling it may want to keep it for sentimental that's reasons. That's exactly and they right. All want to keep the house or the jewelry or the car or the couch or the painting. The executor's got control, and so that's a really big deal. 
a lot of people, uh, they like almost like, and I keep going back to Esau, they give up the their birthright to, you know, for some dumb reason. But once you've given it up, you've given it up. That blessing is gone, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then that independent executor has a lot of autonomy and power. Mm-hmm. Unless the person that is not the executor can prove that they're not complying with their their duties and executor and they will try everything if they're mad about it Mm -hmm. because usually some money involved if they're mad Mm -hmm. and they'll hire an attorney to get rid of the executor Mm -hmm. and now there's more money after bad and you wonder if the parent that died isn't rolling over in their grave because did I raise them right for this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then as the attorney I go in and I see the pictures of all the kids on the family wall and you see you see how they cute they were and how they worked and played well together as kids And and you've got to wonder what happened that this beautiful family, this attractive, gorgeous family has turned into this yeah. because the love of money is the root of all evil. And they, they don't trust their own brother. And you've got to you've got to trust. And that's when I'll just go to prayer. If you don't know what the answer is, uh, and I've said this a number of times, and Christ is always the answer. Mm-hmm. That I heard that on the Catholic channel. I heard the Pope say it. Billy Graham says it. It's like, what do I do? What's the answer? Then you need to seriously go to adoration or go to church and pray almost in a meditative form so you can get some clear thinking quietly in God's presence so you know what direction to go. Because it could very well be that maybe the best thing to do to resolve an issue is not to take the lion's share, 50% share, or to keep that thing that was given to you, but maybe your brother wants it more. Maybe you need to be a little bit more giving about it because it's going to keep the peace and for the little bit of time that you have left here on earth, which is all estate planning and probate is, is taking the remains of the day and, and distributing it to the people that are still here. Right. And it was supposed to be a happy thing, not a bad thing. And it all, a lot of times these things, at least in our line of work, we see it go, you know, down the tubes and yeah. fighting, you know, uh, taking the joy and peace away from people. It's terrible. So, uh, so you know, uh, a prayer is really, really important, uh, not just because someone has died and people feel really bad about it and you want to pray for their souls, but pray that uh, it's the estate administered the way that the person that died wanted it to happen and that that you can, it can be joyful and you can remember them and in the, in, with their things the way that they should be remembered. Um, okay, so I got off on a little bit of tangent there thinking about all my clients and just how beautiful these children were and knowing them. I like, I even, I like all the people, even as adults. They're, there's always a side. It's like, you know, like, uh, was it Twilight? They had team whatever and team whatever. Oh, right, right. I forgot what the two people were that were called, the two guys. It was team, team. Um, You're talking about the movie Twilight. Yes, yes. Okay. Oh, I love uh, that producer scene. Dick. What? What? Who were the Twilight people? Uh, well, the the man was. It was team whatever and team whatever. You had two who? different. You were either on one side or the other with the. But but Draculas. but that was a friendly game though, right? It, You're well, talking yeah, about the game, the baseball game. No, Twilight the, at the series they had. Oh. They had the. They, they were like little werewolves or Draculas or something and. Uh, what were they? They would bite. They were vampires, I guess, and and werewolves, vampires. Yeah, and werewolves. But there was two different names in the in the show, and you either had Team This, and then the uh, Kristen Stewart was, uh, uh, you know, the the love interest. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. No. I. Yeah. Producer Dick is telling us we need to take a break. It was the Voltari and the. Uh, okay. All right. We're gonna we're gonna take a quick break. Tony and I are here today. We're talking about what to do when someone dies and probates. And uh, you can listen to us live on Facebook and send us your questions if you want to. We'll and be how much right time back. Do we have producer Dick. We'll be right back okay. after the break. Ten more minutes. We'll be right back. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 936- 647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. Want to check out the fastest growing sport in the world? It's right here in Conroe, Texas, and it's Roller Derby. Conroe Roller Derby is a nonprofit recreational league of women and men who want you to come and check out the fast-paced, hard-hitting game of roller derby. The Conroe Cutthroats practice at Rainbow Roller Rink on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. 
You can find our game schedule and more information on our website, www.conroerollerderby.com. Hey, Montgomery County and online listeners. Thank you so very much for checking out Jazzy Vibes with Soul. What? You haven't done so yet? Well, you've got to tune in. Hi, I am the host of Jazzy Vibes with Soul, Miss Cece Holmes, and I invite you to check us out every Friday and Saturday from 7 until 9 p.m., where you will get the best in old-school R&B and, of course, a little smooth jazz to make it jazzy. So tune in. That's right, tune in. Every Friday and Saturday right here on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 FM or worldwide at IRLongStar.com. Does your company have needs that can be met by an employee who is dependable, hardworking, enthusiastic, motivated, cooperative, respectful, and punctual? Conroe Independent School District Special Education Department can meet your needs by connecting you with potential employees that have been preparing for a lifetime of employment. We have numerous individuals seeking paid and unpaid work experiences. If your company is interested in seeing how we can meet your business needs, call Conroe ISD Special Education Department to find the best employees for you at 936 909-7671. Welcome back to The Legal Connection with Tony and Cheryl. Tony and I are here today talking about probating a will. Right now we're talking about probating a will. Earlier we were talking about what to do when someone dies. And we talked earlier, you can listen to us live, watch us live on Facebook, but you can also watch us on YouTube If you missed the first part of the show about what to do when someone dies and you or someone you know needs that information, uh, download the podcast that will be available tomorrow morning on Google Tunes or iTunes or Google Play, Mm -hmm. and you can listen that way. Uh, So, Tony, where are we with this probate thing? Well, um, I was just going to finish up because, you know, I have to keep things uh, full circle here. The twilight, to correct... uh, Twilight was not a series. Obviously, I've never watched it. It was a it was Three a movies. trilogy of movies, right? And Kristen Stewart was the lead, and we're very female upset that, lead. Yeah, the female lead, and she was so pretty, and we're very upset that she was, um, you know, she she likes the same sex. <laughs> what happened with that? What a pretty girl! What a waste of reproductive, you know, whatever. <laughs> Beautiful genes. Yeah, well, she could be artificially. She could be artificially inseminated. I know, but I want it to be the real way. I mean, there's a lot more grace that way. But anyways, Team Edward and Team Jacob. And you could be on different teams if you're in a probate situation and your family's not getting along. And generally, both teams are very nice. There's always two sides to the story. But it's because there's some monetary disagreement Somebody wants a keepsake. That's not what mom wanted. She didn't love you as much as she loved me. It's always something deep-seated in the heart yeah. that comes out when someone dies. You didn't take care of her when she was old. She and lived with me. So I just want to say that when you when someone dies, it's probably not a bad idea to have grief counseling. No, uh, no Usually kidding. at your church. Of mm-hmm. course, you know, I'm Catholic, and I think, well, you know, we're number one because Jesus Christ started the Catholic Church per Surrey. <laughs> and, um, but he did. And um, they're going to give you some guidance as to you know, the grief counseling and dealing with your siblings and understanding that you probably were not loved more or less than, than any of the <laughs> right. other siblings, even though people... You need that counseling. Yeah, yeah. you do need the counseling. Yeah, and they're also going to know what type of burial is probably the most appropriate. And they can help guide you uh, in addition to an attorney, but they'll be able to guide you with uh, the way funerals work and what's the proper uh, etiquette and protocol within the religion of the person that died. Now, the per- if the person that died didn't go to church, maybe they'd fallen away... Um, there's going to be, you probably know as the executor, there's going to be some, uh, you would probably know whether they were Christian or they were Jewish or Muslim or whatever. And let's say you didn't, I say Catholic. <laughs> or just go to grief counseling. Involved. There's a lot of good grief yes. counselors out there. Or online. Tony, yesterday I got a, a big long email from a client who sh- she was talking to me about gaslighting. This is totally off topic. But you know what gaslighting is? I it's based on um, that old 1930s Ingrid Bergman. Yes, we can read watch that. Boyer, yes, right. I, oh, uh-huh. Tony, watch it. Was it wasn't um, uh, Charles Boyer. Was it Charles Boyer? Yes, darling. Oh. We just went through the whole Twilight he thing, and I was handsome. right. It was Charles Boyer <laughs> and Ingrid Bergman. It was good, and it was about. Yeah, I remember the show. Well, that's like a total bunny trail. But anyway, <laughs> um, it was about gaslighting. I just, for our listeners, I want to tell them quickly it's just where uh, people, usually it's women, are deceived by. Uh, a male, usually their husband, uh, 
into thinking something's wrong with them mentally to get them to question their own judgment mm-hmm. so they can go about their nefarious things. Uh-huh. And in that movie, he made her, Ingrid Bergman, think, uh, doubt her judgment. He would move things around and hired someone. and was always in real life now. Oh, it happens all the time, mm-hmm. Tony. Uh, but anyway, so that his real motive was to steal her family jewels. Mm-hmm. So he had to get her to question everything about what she mm-hmm. was seeing and, mm-hmm. and noticing and all of that. So he could she go. She needed an attorney. Yeah, and she needed a <laughs> shrink straight. too. Yeah, you but know, anyway, but I want to. Is like a shrink. <laughs> they <laughs> are. They are. But anyway, that was a total bunny trail. But I started looking up uh, blogs uh, by PhD uh, psychiatrist psychologists uh-huh. and things like that, and you can get just online a lot of good grief counseling. And there are counselors that uh-huh. will work with you online. Yeah, you mean you do you, the, if, if, if when face something to like face. this happens, people lose their foundation. If somebody very, very dear to you dies, it's like they pull the rug out from under you and you're lost. And and everything, yeah. everybody's going to die. We know that. It's, right. it's just like um, uh, Anthony Hopkins says, we're all, we're, none of us are going to get out of here alive, okay? <laughs> so we are all going to die. It's just a fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in preparation, we need to go to church on Sundays and do nice things for people and serve others and all that kind of thing. But that's a, another bunny trail, but a really strong, good one that we need to do. That, um, but that being said... Um, you need to. Um, I lost my train of thought thinking about pre- preparation of death. Uh, you need. To, Everyone's going to die. You need to uh, be prepared. You need to have the uh, a call. I would say uh, call nine one one. Get with a grief counselor. Get with your church. Yes. And go forward. There's, I think that's great if advice. If you don't, I know we only have a, like a minute left. But uh, if you if there's a will, you don't have to probate it. You can go with an independent or dependent administration. Dependent is more expensive, and the court really gets in your business. So you can ask for it to become an independent. If there's not a will, you can be the administrator. There could be co-administrators. It may be less expensive to do a movement of title if there's only property involved. You may want to do a small estate administration if there's only property and a little bit of money, less than fifty thousand. Um, but uh, and it, it, there's a lot of different directions you want to go when someone dies. It could be you may want to just leave it alone because they didn't have anything. Right, and you can re-listen to this. You can listen to the podcast. You can uh, watch it on YouTube. We'll be here next week. We're uh, every twelve to one p.m. on one hundred four point five, one hundred six point one. And always remember to serve God by serving others. Thank you, guys. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about this show, to be a guest or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.